Greetings in the matchless name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This is indeed my joy and privilege to before to stand before you with the living word of God and I thank past our God to giving me this opportunity. Also, I would like to thank the church board to letting me preach the word of God to you. And for today's meditation, I have several different verses. Actually, I'm going to deal with one chapter but i have um side reading along and i have given to different people that they have a a passage to read a verse to read and whenever i say your words please raise your hand so the mic can come to you and uh, you can read the words for us miss page will be bringing the mic to you as um i have been um in a church for a um, long period of time 1997 i accepted the lord in my life and i dedicated my life for ministry in 2002 march 10th was the biggest day of my life as i have uh, gone through different phases uh, as a believer as a follower of christ i've seen up and down in my life and also like as a servant of the lord i have seen different mission fields one thing that stuck to me uh, that i'm going to bring before you is easy christian life that's the title of my sermon the christian life i know that uh, many of us always have looked at the life of being a christian is tough right it's not easy we always put that thing in our life and we say christian life is tough christian life is tough and it's tough to walk that way but when i go through bible when i look at things i find actually Christian life is easy. I know you may be wondering what kind of thing I'm really uh telling, but this is what really God uh has brought in my life that I find Christian life is easy. You will know I, I don't want to like disclose the whole climax. You will know when I progress through the um the thing that God has put in my life to bring before you. uh we have book of exodus chapter 20 1 through 17 can somebody guess what it is exodus 20 1 through 17 the 10 commandments right i still believe christian life is easy i know like many of us right there when we look at the 10 commandments and we know that stuff but christian life is easy i'm going to bring that so let's read few verses together and then we will have on the screen says and god spoke all these words i am the lord your god who brought you out of egypt out of the land of slavery you shall have no other gods before me you shall have no other gods before me first command right you shall have no other gods before me that's the first thing that comes in the life of a christian believer to follow easy or difficult easy but not so easy for so many people right because we have different kind of gods in our life for some it's a religion for some it is a material for some other thing different kind of things but as i look at the bible i see this command is easy to be followed than to be broken somebody 
Whoever has Deuteronomy chapter 9, 8 verse 19. Mr. Neil. If you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and worship and bow down to them, I testify against you today that you will surely be destroyed. Amen. If you ever forget Lord your God, you will surely be destroyed. What is easy? To be destroyed or to remember that there is only one God and keep ourselves following other gods, which is easy. Following God, right? It's better for me to following God than getting destroyed. And it's not somebody else talking. It says, God. It's not somebody else's hand is coming against me. It's God's hand coming against me against me. And we just read the verse in the Bible today when we were in the intercession. What what did it say? If Lord is for us, who can be against us? If God is against us, who is going to save us? Right? Even if the Even if the whole world is against us, if we have God, we're fine. Even if the whole world is with us, God is against us, that's the end. We have destruction here and our eternity is doomed. So what is easy? Following God and having Him and Him alone as the God of my life. Right? Let's go to the second one. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them for I, the Lord your God, I am a jealous God, punishing the children of, for the sins of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. So what is the second command? You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything. I think it's pretty easy for so many people, right? But I come from a culture where religion is very, very prominent. It's for easier for people to bow down to a statue of elephant or statue of something than saying, I'm going to worship the true living God. You and I, living in America, may not have a statue as is in our life. But we can have different images in our life. I'm not going to put words to it. We know what we are talking about. For some, it's every person it may be different. Whoever has Romans 1, 21 to 27, please raise your hand. It's a Donnie. Because having... Having the knowledge of God, they did not give glory to God as God, and did not give praise. But their minds were full of foolish things, and their hearts, being without sense, were made dark. Seeming to be wise, they were in fact foolish. And by them the glory of the eternal God was changed and made into the image of man who is not eternal, and of birds and beasts and, and things which go on the earth. For this reason God gave them up to the evil desires of their hearts, working shame in their bodies with one another. Because by them the true God of God was changed into that which is false, and they gave worship and honor to the thing which was made, 
and not to him who made it. <clears throat> to whom be blessed forever, so be it. For this reason God gave them up to evil passions, and their women were changing the natural use into one which is unnatural. And in the same way, the men gave up the natural use of the women, were burning in their desires for one another, men doing shame with men and getting in their bodies the right reward of the evil doing. So breaking the second command, it may be easier for me not to break it. If I break it, what happens? It says, God gave them over to be more sinful. Right? God gave them over. If you look at the Greek words right there, it is actually, it's a boat at the edge of the water. And it is tied to the, you know, um, a wooden stake. It means God is taking that rope and giving the kick to the boat to go in a sinful world. That's what the Greek word translates. Giving a push to become more sinful. And elaborated that verse talks about everything so women become passionate for women. Men became passionate for men. That's the extreme downfall according to book of Romans. So if I break the second command, what happens? God pushes me to be more sinful. And what is the punishment for sin? Death. We know that Romans says, we all have sinned and fall short of glory of God, but God sent His Son to take away our sins so we may find favor, right? Now if God is sending us to do more sin, we do not have that favor in our life anymore, do we? If He is giving us to push to sin, who is going to save us? Who saved us? You know, we know the golden words of the Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Right? Now, remove that golden verse from the Bible because my salvation is coming from where? From God. And if I am deciding to break the second command, what happens? God is the one who is pushing me out of his life, out of his grace, to sin more. And we all know the final result of sinning and sinning will be in hell. Right? So which is easier? Shall I go ahead and live my life the way I want and create all the images in my life? Or just forget about all the images in my life and serve one true living God. Which is easier? Shall I get a push from the Lord to sin? Or shall I get pulled from the Lord to be saved? Pull, right? I want to be pulled to be saved than getting pushed to be destroyed. I know so far what we have seen in Ten Commandments is difficult and difficult. The reason is we have never seen what exactly happens when the Ten Commandments are not there in our life. Third command. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. For the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Hundreds and thousands of so-called believers of Christ take the name of God in vain. Whether it is like a curse word, some people misuse misuse it for their own gain, making money, or profit of 
what they want to tell to people in the name of God, making that as is, that's the final thing in the life of people. Right? Because why it is coming? Because it's coming in the name of God. You have, there are so many people more experienced believers here. You might have seen much more than I do how people have misused the name of God. But there is one example in the Bible, book of Acts, chapter 19, 13 through 17. Book of Acts, chapter 19, 13 through 17. It's Nick. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, We exorcise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Also, there were seven sons of Siva, a Jewish chief priest, who did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know, and Paul, I know, but who are you? Then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them, so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. This became known both to all Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus, and fear fell on them all, and the name of the Lord was magnified. Amen. So, what happened here? There are some people, if you look at the background of the text, you find that in the name of Lord, so many div- uh, evil spirits were drawn out. When the disciples were giving their handkerchief, people were healed. And there was a lot of popularity that was happening because this was going around. Because whenever they see the disciples of Jesus, what happens? Oh, Paul, we need your handkerchief. Somebody is sick in my family. As soon as the person touched the handkerchief, healed. So, a lot of fame, right? Big name. And now, these seven brothers want their name big. And we read it. What happened? The name became really big because it came in the Bible. They took the name of God in vain. Because... It was not for the glory of God. It was money and my glory, right? It was all for myself. This is what I want. And then we see the result. The evil spirit says, I know Jesus. I know Paul. Who are you? Because that's what they say. What? We come to you like Paul, in, who, about whom, about Jesus, who, as Paul preaches Jesus, we are also coming in the name of Jesus. That definitely tells us that they do not have a relationship with Jesus. Like third party. They're calling on Paul, who knows Jesus and preaching about Jesus, thinking that their fame, that the same way it has gone to Paul, is going to come to them. And what is the result? They became so famous because one man beat seven people and sent them out naked, wounded. Imagine being in a public, going around crying, naked, in the streets of Lafayette. How wonderful, right? Only for one thing. Because they took the name of God in vain. I may not have the same way that has dealt here. But those who take the name of God in vain will face the judgment in a different way. It's not going to go just waste. And it will be told about and it will become a story and it will become the matter of fear to all those who hear it. So what is easy? Running around naked in the street of Lafayette? Wounded? Crying because I took the name of God in vain? Or 
keeping the name of God sacred and keeping him honored and holy. What is easy? What is easy? Come on. Honor him, right? So I don't have to run naked in the streets of Lafayette or wherever. Ashamed. Next. Remember the Shabbat day by keeping it holy, right? Remember the Shabbat day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Shabbat to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your town. Remember to keep Shabbat. Numbers chapter 15, 32 through 36. Who has it? Mr. Jerry. Mr. Jerry, please raise your hand. She's still struggling. Numbers 15:32. While the Israelites were in the desert, a man was found gathering wood on the Sabbath day. Those who found him gathering wood brought him to Moses and Aaron and the whole assembly. And they kept him in custody because it was not clear what should be done to him. Then the Lord said to Moses, The man must die. The whole assembly must stone him outside the camp. So the assembly took him outside the camp and stoned him to death as the Lord commanded Moses. Wow. Just for gathering sticks on the day of Shabbat, he was told by Lord, stoned to death. Is it gathering stick on Shabbat was that big of a Sin? Disciples of Jesus, when they were walking through the field, they took some of the corn and they ate it on Shabbat, right? Because they were, they were hungry and they rubbed their hands together to eat. That was a work. Jesus healed people on Shabbat. But why the gathering of stick was that big of a crime for a man to be stoned to death? And not Jesus healing on Shabbat. I had that question. Jesus did bigger work than he did, right? What is the thing behind that? This command is known, right? It was pronounced and told by God. And it was known to all the people of Israel during that time. And he was very much aware that he should not be breaking this command. It's the very heart, the intention behind what you do on the day of Shabbat. Jesus healing the sick. Was it a bad intention or good intention? Because Jesus said, Shabbat is not, man is not made for Shabbat, but Shabbat is made for man, right? Why? So man can have rest. Man can find peace. Man can find healing. Man can find the presence of the Lord in their life. And living in the tents where God is available for them to go and worship and finding the healing of the Spirit, he decided to go and work to find whatever he wanted to do. It was not the act that was punished. It was the intention behind the act that was punished. Because his intention 
was never to obey God. Just intentionally, deliberately disobeying the law of the Lord by breaking the Shabbat. So what is easy? Going outside of the street, stoned to death? Or obeying the, keeping the Shabbat holy? Keeping the Shabbat holy, right? I'm going to need to go a little fast, I think. I'm sorry. Fifth, honor your father and your mother so that you may live long. That's the fifth command. Deuteronomy 21, 18 through 21. Miss Janice. rebellious son who does not obey his father and mother and will not listen to them when they discipline him. His father and mother shall take hold of him, bring him to the elders at the gate of his town. They shall say to the elders, this son of ours is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey us. He is a glutton and a drunkard. Then all the men of his town are to stone him to death. You must purge the evil from among you. All Israel will hear of it and be afraid. So if the son is stubborn, doesn't listen to his parents, what shall they do? Stone him to death. Where? Bring him to the elders of the society and tell them he is stubborn, he doesn't obey his parents, and he should be put to death. My God, how many of us would have been stoned to death if... So what is easy? Let me ask you. What is easy? Let's honor our father and mother. I would rather honor my father and mother than be an example to be a stubborn son and... Stoned to death. I'm going to go fast. Number six. You shall not murder. 20 verse 13. Okay. So now Deuteronomy 11 to 13. I know that person has two verses. Just read the Deuteronomy. 19, 11 to 13. Oh, I'm sorry. But if... But if out of hate someone lives in wait, assaults and kills a neighbor, and then flees to one of these cities, the killer shall be sent back shall be sent for the shall be sent for by the town elders, be brought back from the city, and be handed over to the avenger of blood to die. Show no pity. You must purge from Israel the guilt of shedding innocent blood, so that it may go well with you. Okay, that's it. Thank you. Uh, I want to keep the numbers out. So, if you break the command of murdering, the refuse cities, the refuse cities were built for people who, you know, who ignorantly killed somebody. But it, this guy is lying in wait, right? And deciding how to kill his neighbor and finally kills him and runs to the city of refuge. To find a refuge. What did he say? Bring him out. Show no mercy. He should die. Because that is what he did. Right? And is a present present day. There are so many lawyers fighting for the killers in a different way. He innocently did it. He this, that, whatever. But in the Lord's command... If somebody intentionally kills someone, must be killed. So what is easy? You have an answer. You shall not commit adultery. That's the seventh command. Deuteronomy 22, 20 to 24. Who have? Miss Carol. But if the thing is true 
that evidence of virginity was not found in the young woman, then they shall bring her out, the young woman, to the door of her father's house, and the men of her city shall stone her to death with stones, because she has done an outrageous thing in Israel by whoring in her father's house. So you shall purge the evil from the midst. If a man is found lying with the wife of another man, both of them shall die, the man who lay with the woman and the woman. So you shall purge the evil from Israel. If there is a betrothed virgin and a man meets her in the city and lies with her, then you shall bring them both out to the gate of that city and you shall stone them to death with stones. The young woman, because she did not cry for help, though she was in the city, and the man, because he violated his neighbor's wife. So you shall purge the evil from your midst. Okay, if you read the whole chapter, you find that this is a chapter for the command of how to have a married life in God's standards. There's a, there's a thing about the virginity of a lady. And if she is found guilty of not being virgin during the time of marriage, should be stoned to death. And then if there is a man and woman, they were found, she was betrothed to somebody else to be married. And they decided to commit adultery, they should be stoned to death. So all this, if we are sexually immoral, must be Must be? You have an answer. What is easy? Stay pure? Living in the standard of God or do whatever we want and stone to death, right? I know that you, we all will have this question. This is not happening right now. We are not getting stoned to death for any of these, right? But we will be. When we face God face to face. Right? Next. You shall not steal. Exodus 22, 1 through 4. Who has it? Miss Mary. If a man steals an ox or sheep, and kills it or sells it, then he shall repay five oxen for an ox and four sheep for a sheep. If a thief is caught breaking in and is struck so that he dies, then there will be no blood guilt for him. If the sun has risen on him, then there is blood guilt for him. He must make full restitution. If he has nothing, then he will be sold for his theft. If the stolen item is in fact found alive in his possession, whether it be an ox or a donkey or sheep, then he shall repay double. Okay, so what is the punishment for stealing? If you eat it, you have to pay five times. If it is still alive, still two times. Right? If you steal a dollar, if you go and spend a buy a candy for it, how much you pay? Five dollars. But if you steal a dollar and you still have the dollar, what do you do? You still have to pay two dollars. What is easy? Shall I pay five dollars? Or shall I pay one dollar? Or shall I don't pay anything? Right? Next. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. Deuteronomy nineteen, sixteen through twenty one. Pastor Tori. Uh, 
mic. Pastor Tori, mic. If a false witness rise against any man to testify against him of wrongdoing, then both men in the conversation shall stand before the Lord, before the priests, and the judges who serve in those days. And the judge shall make careful inquiry, and indeed, if the witness is a false witness who has testified falsely against his brother, then you shall do to him as he thought to have done to his brother. So shall you put away the evil from among you, and those who remain shall hear in fear, and hereafter they shall not again commit such evil among you. Your eyes shall not pity life. Life shall be for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, and foot for foot. So if somebody gives a false testimony and tries to destroy his brother or sister because of giving a false testimony, whether it is to give, take his eye, the false person has to give his eye. Want to send the, the false, pers- false testimony person wants to send the brother to prison, he should go to prison. As he has intended, so be happened to him. You remember the story of David? When he got angry, he committed adultery. And he said, that person should pay fivefold, he should die, this, that, and everything came to whom? Back to David. So if there is a false testimony, whatever is the intention behind the false testimony, going to come back on the person who is giving false testimony. So what is good? What is easy? Don't give a false testimony, right? Last one. You shall not cover. First Timothy 6.10. Who has it? Okay, Ashley. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. So love of money is all root of all evil, right? So if you cover it, what is do? What is going to happen? All the sores, all the problems, all the worries, all the pain is going to fall on us. What is easy? Shall I want all the worries, all the pain, all the sores in my life or stay away from that? What is easy? Stay away, right? So far, we have only seen the one side of the Ten Commandments. And we always counted our lives following it tough. Because we think, oh, for me, doing this is difficult. But we have never thought, if I don't do it, what exactly is going to happen to me? When we look at that side, we find it that following the Ten Commandments is much, much easier than Than breaking it. Than not following it. You may be thinking why I'm only talking about just this thing. I'm going to read a passage for all of us. Let's all stand together. Deuteronomy chapter 28. 1 through 14. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on earth. All these blessings will come on you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. You will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. The fruit of your womb will be blessed. And the crops of your land and the young of your livestock, 
the calves of your herd and the lambs of your flock. Your basket and your knitting through will be blessed. You will be blessed when you come in. You will be blessed when you go out. The Lord will grant that the enemies who raise up against you will be defeated before you. They will come at you from one direction but flee from you in seven. The Lord will send a blessing on your bonds and on everything you put your hand to. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he is giving you. The Lord will establish you and his holy people as his holy people as his promise you on oath. If you keep the commands of the Lord your God and walk in obedience to him, then all the peoples of the earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they will fear you. The Lord will grant you abundant prosperity in the fruit of your womb, the young of the livestock and the crops of your ground, in the land he sowed to you, your ancestors to give you. The Lord will open the heavens at the storehouse of his bounty and send rain on your land in season and to bless the work of your hands. You will lend to many nations. You will not borrow none. The Lord will make you the head, not the tail. If you pay attention to the commands of the Lord, your God, that I give you this day, carefully follow them. You will always be at the top, never the bottom. Do not turn aside from any of the commands I give you today, to the right or to the left, following other gods and serving them. This is what will happen to us if we follow the commands. Do I want all that that I have read in the past from Deuteronomy and from Numbers and from different chapters? Do I want that in my life or do I want this in my life? When God gave the command, he said, life and death is before you. Now is the time for us to choose whether I want to choose the life or I want to choose the death. So far, every moment in our life, we have seen Ten Commandments or the commands of God being tough and difficult to follow. But in reality, it's much better to follow than face the adversary of disobeying God's command. Let's bow down our head. The Lord has spoken to you and you want to come in front and pray or sit down and pray whichever way you want to pray. The main thing, the reason that I, the Lord gave this to me is that now is the time for us to set right with God. Put our lives together and do what He wants us. Because all I want in the end of my Everything is that blessings in a different manner. And there is only one way. Follow the Lord. Obey His command. Let's bow down our head and pray. Father God, we come before your throne and we thank you. We praise you. We know that, Lord, your grace is sufficient for us. At times, Lord, I may find it difficult to walk, but Lord, I know that when you give me strength, I want to follow your commands. I want to follow your law that I may not fall short of it. I would rather be blessed than to face the judgment. Lord, I put my life in your hands and our lives in your hands, Lord. Help us to see the goodness of obeying you. Obeying you. And help us to see that it is not difficult to do the right thing. But it is difficult to do a wrong thing and face what is coming with the wrong thing. But we ask your mercy and grace in our life, Lord. Help us to get our lives together and walk in your path. 
and see that, Lord, we are walking with you, Lord, obeying your command. Thank you, Lord, for my prayer. In Jesus' name I do pray. Amen. Please be seated. Um, today we have a Lord's Supper. Um, I would like to call Mr. Brad, uh, Pastor Tori, Mr. Marvin to come and help me. As this was a custom for Jesus to gather together and break bread, this is the final supper that Jesus had with his disciples to remind them what exactly is happening in their life. And in in First Corinthians chapter 11, the Lord gave a vision to Paul and he writes this. Before we go there, let's all stand together and get our hearts prepared and ready for remembering what the Lord has done for us. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread and we had when he had given thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is for you do this in remembrance of me in the same way after supper he took the cup saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So we have a bread and the cup before us. The bread reminds us about the body of Jesus Christ that is broken for us. And this is the reminder. So as we partake in it, remember the sacrifice that Jesus has done for us. Let's bow down our head and pray. Father God, we thank you, we praise you. Thank you for the body that is broken for us, Lord, as this bread is before us. Lord, as we partake in it, help us to remember the sacrifice the pain that you have taken for us so, so that we may be able to call your children. Help us to remember the cross that brought salvation in our life. Thank you, Lord, for praying. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Just make two lines and come. Because you were forsaken I'm accepted You were condemned I'm alive and well Your spirit lives within me Because you died and rose again I'm forgiven Because you were forsaken I'm accepted, you were condemned, I'm alive and well, your spirit lives within me, because you died and rose again, amazing love, how 
can it be that you, my King, would die for me? Amazing love, I know it's true. And it's my joy to honor you in all I do. I honor you. As we partake, let's all eat the bread together and remember the sacrifice Jesus made for us. In the same way, he took the cup and blessed it and said, This is the blood of the new covenant which is shed for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's remember the blood of Christ that is shed for us and drink together. Let's do the Lord's Prayer before we leave. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom, kingdom. thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. heaven. Give us us this day day our daily bread. bread. Give us us our trespasses. As we us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Thine is the kingdom, the glory, and glory forever. Amen. May God bless you all. Go in peace. See your river runs with love for me, and I will open up my heart and let the healer set me free. I'm happy to be the truth, and I will daily lift my hands, for I will always sing of when your love came down. I could sing of your love. Forever, I could sing of your love forever. 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 I could sing of your love, I could sing of your love forever, Lord, I could sing of your love forever.